Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real life emotional struggles, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, here we are in this beautiful, beautiful autumn day. I don't know, is it autumn yet? Is, is summer over? Is the solstice over? <laughs> I get confused. Whenever I see the leaves turning to me, that's autumn. It's about 65 degrees, blue sky. I just see the leaves beginning to turn and around here in, in North Jersey, what comes to mind, of course, once we see those leaves turning, is that we're approaching Halloween season. So today's podcast, and I, and I want you to be honest as we go through this, I want you to ask yourself, do you really think you know who you are? How do you, how do you get to be a genuine person? Well, Essentially, let's define a genuine person as someone who has shed their insecurities, okay? And that's more of a self-coaching approach to this. Because according to self-coaching, it's insecurity, those early phases of life where insecurity and vulnerability led to various attempts to control life. Because insecurity, that state of vulnerability, was just uh, an untenable place. It was just a, a place where you just needed to escape and find some way to feel more solace, more in control. So you develop strategies of control, whether it be worrying or bullying or whatever it was, just withdrawal. You, you found ways to control life. So insecurity then becomes habituated, becomes a pattern, and it follows you through life as all habits do, unless you know, especially if you're feeding that habit, if as an adult, you're still worrying and wringing your hands and trying to figure out tomorrow because you don't trust yourself enough. Well, of course, the habit of insecurity goes on. So the genuine person is the person who has shed insecurity, who has shed the habit of insecurity, because it is the habit of insecurity that distorts, that distorts the true personality. So when we shed insecurity, we're able to connect to life. We connect to people. And how do we get there? With self-trust. Now, self-trust is the dragon slayer of insecurity. Because insecurity is all about vulnerability and self-distrust. But with self-trust, a willingness to believe in the self, we are able to get to that true inner core. And with self-trust, you can be you. You can risk being you. So let's talk about some ways we get to self-trust. How do we overcome the habits of insecurity? Well, before I list a few, few ways, let me just say, it is essential that you realize that insecurity is a habit. You're either feeding it or starving it. How do we feed it? Well, with crumbs of doubt, fear, or negativity. So you have to kind of be a bit more courageous with yourself. 
you have to risk trusting that you can handle life without trying to over control life without feeling that you have to worry about what's coming around the corner before it comes around the corner you have to risk believing that you will handle life so you have to give yourself permission every once in a while to experiment to find out that you really can handle life without kind of immediately escaping through your doubts your fears your negativity so how do we begin that process well stop comparing yourself to others to other successes to things you don't have stop making comparisons this is the adolescent part of the habit of the child reflex because what does an adolescent do now go back to your own adolescence of course everything in adolescence is about whether you're in the in-group, the out-group, the in-between group, whether your clothes match the styles, whether you're rejected, accepted. So adolescence is all about comparing. How do I look? How's my hair look? And, and this goes on, of course, to adult life. I mean, so a lot of adults that are overly conscientious about how they're coming across, certainly this is an adolescent kind of endeavor when it becomes obsessive, when we compare ourselves to the Hollywood types and we're not skinny enough, muscular enough, whatever it might be, when we start to always compare ourselves to others, we are abandoning who we are and we are holding ourselves up to someone else. Now, you can see where, even just discussing this, you can see whenever you abandon who you are, and compare yourself to someone else, you've you've lost the handle. You know, the handle on who you are depends not on becoming someone else or like someone else. It literally means becoming who you are. And sometimes that takes courage. And one way to do that is you have to let go of negativity. You know, the negative self-talk, the insecurity-driven talk. I'm not okay. I'm not good enough you know, the, the doubts and the fears. I'll never make anything. I'll never be as... See, you You really have to start, and, and it's just let go of the negativity. You know, I always say, stop it, drop it. You need to start letting go of negativity. Now, easier said than done. I realize that. But it is a habit in and of itself, being negative, as opposed to being positive. I mean, they're both choices optimism, pessimism. I mean, they're both choices that have to do with whether or not you see the world as something that's going to unfold in a positive way or a negative way. But to be optimistic, you live a much better life in the present. And you start to not feed the habit of insecurity. So stop it, drop it, come on, let go of some of those negatives. It, you know, it's, it's only hard if you think it's hard. You have, have you tried it? Have you really tried, the next time you're into a negative mindset, have you really tried to act as if something, something positive might happen? Think about it for a second. You cling to negativity because you're trying to protect yourself. And if you're negative, and what if this happens? And what if that? So you're clinging to insecurity. You're letting insecurity drive the boat. Instead, take the risk. Take the risk. Let go of negativity. Assume. It'll be okay. Try it out. And that courageous leap of faith will teach you something. It will teach you that your own resourcefulness, without 
negativity's anticipatory kind of interplay and anxiety. Without that, what may come from you might astound you, that you actually handle things spontaneously, that you have resources, that you have tools you didn't know you had. These are all suppressed tools because you never really accepted yourself or believed in yourself. So when you let go of negatives, start focusing on your strengths. Now, if you are mired in insecurity-driven neurotic thinking, you're not going to see a whole lot of strengths, are you? You're going to minimize those strengths. You're going to see yourself as weak, as frail. So you've sold out. You know, you've capitulated to insecurity's definition. Now, what I need you to do, if you want to really capture that genuine self, is you need to really, objectively, take a look at your strengths. And don't say you don't have any strength. That's insecurity talking. How do you be objective? Look at yourself. Look at those times where you've pulled through, where you've impressed yourself where you've survived, where you've held on. Look for your strengths, not your weaknesses. And focus on your strengths. I don't care if it's just one little tiny strength. Focus on that. It'll grow. But when you focus only on what's not there, on your weaknesses, you're not going to find your strengths. So in order to find your strengths in life, open up to those strengths. And stop, stop trying so hard to protect yourself by grappling with your weaknesses. And the, re the reason we do that is because, you know, you are, you are trying to say that I better cower from life. I better pull away from life. I'm not up to life. I can't handle. So you're trying to protect yourself by identifying with weakness. Because if you're too weak, then, of course, you're not going to engage life head on. You're not going to really exert yourself and put yourself out there, you're going to retract. You're going to insulate and withdraw. Another thing is stop living in the past. We're not a snapshot. Our lives are not a snapshot. We are an unfolding, evolving video. Who you are in this moment, yes, it's an aggregate of everything that has happened prior to you, and you've dragged those habits along with you. But who you are in the moment is a pristine opportunity person. What do I mean by that? Well, you, you are a person right now that can evolve in spite of the habits that you've dragged along with you. When you look at the past and you define yourself by past lack of success, past quote-unquote failures, past regrets, then you're clinging to the old snapshots and there's always a context, you know, oh, you can always look back at the context. And those moments where you've really hammered yourself with self-doubt, negativity, and bad feelings, those moments had a context of insecurity, where you didn't believe in yourself, or you weren't able to stay strong enough, or you capitulated to depression, anxiety, panic. Look at the present. Be present. Who you are in this moment, as I said, may be an aggregate of all of those past difficult experiences, but who you are in this moment has the potential to be different. And in order to be different, you have to realize that you can be different. It just takes a matter of accepting the notion that the only thing holding you back 
is not even, quote unquote, you. It is the insecurity that is an overlay on you. It's the overlay, like an overcoat that comes over you and eclipses your potentiality. And, and while you're at it, stop caring so much about what others think. Now, the neurotic person, those that fall into that kind of insecurity, when I say neurotic, I'm talking about insecurity-dominated person. An insecurity-dominated person cares so much what others think because, oh my God, you know, what are they going to think of me if I... So, you know, you're trying so hard to not let them either see that sham personality or not be in a position where you're rejected or not accepted, you know, that adolescent part of you. And it's not easy to not care so much what others think, but we're not, I'm not saying don't care what others, others think. What I'm saying is that it's okay to want to be liked. It's okay for people, for, for others, for us to see others as potential means of gratification and self-gratification. We like to be liked for the things we do. We like to have that occasional pat on the back. And we're not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it's when it becomes rather obsessive, when it's insecurity driven and you care too much, then that drives you cuckoo, as my grandson would say, cuckoo. So if you care too much what others think, then you're trying to walk a tightrope. You then you're you're really delegated to this perfectionistic, can't slip up. Oh my God, if I fail, world where everything is a landmine, where you can't step without feeling it's going to blow up around you. You care too much, so you've got to find a way to care in a wholesome way, but not care by controlling. And there's the key. You know, when you try to control what people think about you, then you're caring too much. You have to have them like you. Ah, there's the key, right? You have to be liked. So therefore, of course, what they think is critical because you've already stated that in order to be okay, they have to like me. That's control. And as long as they have to like you, then you're in a compulsive, obsessive stance. And you're now needing to win this battle. Insecurity drives this. And it's a hell of a life to be living. Because you can't relax. You have to be on stage. You have to produce. You have to be successful. Yeah. It's not easy. But you have to be open to change, too. I mean, life is change. And that's why I say, be in the present and realize that you, you are not your past. Maybe your personality reflects that, but you are this potential. And in this potential, you can find genuine happiness and liberation from insecurity. Because insecurity will own you if you allow that habit to just push through your life willy-nilly without any resistance, you just giving in to one more doubt, fear, or negative thought, embracing your fears, your, your feelings of impotence. Open to change. Things change. People change. Situations change. 
But also change can be a very intimidating factor. Because if insecurity is driving, then change to you is something like, you know, the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Oh my God, how will I hit? I can't hit. I don't, I, I can't. No, no, please don't. You don't want change because you're not sure you can handle things being different. You've already gotten to this point where you just feel you're hanging on for dear life, but at least you're hanging on. And now they're going to change it and say, now you have to. See, the thing is with change, with without that, that more objective, courageous thinking, without self-trust, you know, you, you're just having the rug pulled out and you don't have the resources to believe in yourself. So change for you is catastrophic. But the person with self-trust doesn't have to figure out how they'll handle change. They just take one step forward, another step, and spontaneously, they allow themselves to figure it out on the fly. Why? Because they, they trust their resources. They trust that they've handled thousands of problems in their life. Why not this one? That's self-trust. Self-trust allows you to punch through the negativity of life, the fear of life, the doubts of life. Self-trust. But you don't get self-trust by staying protected by staying insulated from life and insulated from yourself. You don't get self-trust by not challenging your insecurities. You don't. You don't get self-trust by withdrawing from life. You only get it by engaging life, and life is change. So be open to change. Be open to it. One way to be open to change is to accept that we are vulnerable creatures. It's how insecurity started out. But, you know, the child was truly vulnerable. Children are vulnerable. They need parents. Children, especially at a young age, would die without being taken care of. So vulnerability is something that is indigenous to a child, but not to an adult. Now, I'm not saying you don't have vulnerabilities. Maybe you have a weakness, a physical weakness, or challenged by some kind of dysfunction, uh, I, I don't know, but the thing is that being vulnerable is part of life. Okay, but with self-trust, you don't have to compensate for your vulnerabilities by over-controlling life. You handle your vulnerabilities. And I'm not talking about perceived vulnerabilities. And when I say perceived vulnerabilities, I'm talking about vulnerabilities that more or less conjured up by insecurity, not necessarily true vulnerabilities, but neurotic vulnerabilities. But with real vulnerabilities, real life challenges, well, of course, this is where self-trust comes in. Because we can still live our lives handling life with self-trust and find ways to navigate through our own vulnerabilities and through the challenges that create vulnerabilities. I have a cousin that just lost everything in the in Ian's storm in uh, Sanibel Island, Florida. They were stranded and rescued after three days and lost everything, everything. And talk about vulnerability. Talk about trying to pick up and move on. Yeah, it can be done. And I'm sure my cousins will do that. But this is part of the human spirit. You see, with self-trust, they'll manage. Without self-trust, they'll cower. 
And, you know, it's, it's really important when life challenges us, the only way we could be up to the challenge is with self-trust. Or otherwise, we hunker down with depression and wringing our hands, and, and we fall into a pit, a dark place. And finally, I'd say it's important for you to express yourself. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, you need to be more spontaneous. You need to find a handle on who you really are. And that's not something you think so much about. It's, it's not something that you calculate. It's kind of something that finds you. It's, it's something that's released. So like you don't find that genuine happiness, you release it. And the only way to release it, I'm going to sound like a broken record, the only way to release your genuine self and potentiality for happiness is to stop clinging to the habit of insecurity, to stop feeding insecurity. Think of a relationship where you feel totally at ease. Best friend, family member, Observe yourself in that relationship. You'll probably see your genuine self more clearly in that relationship or expressed in that relationship than anywhere else. Why? Because you don't feel threatened. Your insecurity isn't reverberating saying, danger, danger. You're, you're more or less letting your guard down. You're more or less trusting in that situation. So what comes out of you in that loving, intimate relationship is probably a good, close approximation of who you need to be. And you need to generalize that. You need to go from that intimate exchange where you are being your genuine self. And you need to extrapolate that and bring it into the world. You need to start becoming more and more fearless. Fear is the big brother to insecurity. I don't know if it's a cousin, but it's, it's related to insecurity. Fear is a way that we protect ourselves from vulnerability. And insecurity is that in us which sees vulnerability in everything. Danger in safe places. So in order to express yourself, in order to be spontaneous, well... You need to risk being you. And sure, you need to be honest with yourself. This isn't a time for deception, self-deception, even if, even if you'd rather see yourself a certain way. It only matters that you see yourself accurately. If I'm not mistaken, the word modesty comes from a Latin root, to measure oneself accurately. That's all we're asking for right now, is to measure yourself accurately who you are, honestly. And again, this doesn't mean you have to be totally transparent. In order to shed insecurity and become this genuine person, that doesn't mean that you have to give everything of who you are in every given moment to every person. You don't have to be you know, that accessible. It's not dishonest to tell someone that you like their dress if you're if your intentions are that you don't want to offend that person, you could say, oh, you look great in that dress. Or, or, or if you're a diplomat, you might say, well, it's not my style, but you know what? On you, it looks, it looks good. So you don't have to be totally transparent, but you do have to live more honestly. 
not defensively. Only when you shed insecurity are you in a place to live with that self-trust that allows you to be. So now we come back to who are you? And maybe even a better way to ask that question is, who were you meant to be? Now, from a self-coaching vantage point, who you were meant to be simply means the uncontaminated self, right? Uncontaminated self meaning shedding off that insecurity, getting to the core. And the core of who you are is inviolate, that which cannot be violated. And whether or not you get to that core really depends on whether you can peel away the layers of reflexive, insecurity-driven distortions. Now, this isn't a time-limited process. This is something that's going to take time. Sometimes it takes a lifetime. But each layer we peel away reveals more and more of your true potential. Your true potential to be you. And each time you get a little bit deeper into being you, the more you'll experience a true resonance with life, with others, with yourself. So I wish you well. Peel away those onion peels of insecurity. Get at that core. Risk self-trust and stop being the slave of habits, insecurity-driven habits. And why don't you visit my website? selfcoaching.net, where you can learn more about my self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, I would appreciate it if you take a look at my latest book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression. The reason I call it unlearning is because, as I've said today over and over, insecurity is a habit. And I treat anxiety and depression as habits that we learn. And if they're learned, then by definition, all habits are learned. Any habit can be unlearned or broken. Anyway, unlearning anxiety and depression. So until next time, remember, being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless. And you're not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So how about you join me every week? Let's make it simple together. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart.